another batch in this week, and they did not arrive. Um, Amazon says they're lost. And so uh, we trust that somebody somewhere got a box of books and is passing them out. And uh, people are reading them. Praise God. It's, I wonder who this guy is and what that's all about. Well, praise God, I'm happy for them if they got a book. And uh, so anyway, today we're going to share from that. But let me just talk about a couple things real quick, like before, um, before we dig into the message. And that is uh, a week ago yesterday, we did an online um, meeting with our friends in Pakistan. Uh, um, had, a, had the privilege of preaching the gospel on kingtelevision.tv, uh, which is, oh, I don't know, goodness, well, well over 100 nations that it is uh, viewed in, and so, uh, so excited about that. Then uh, early, early, early Friday morning, I, uh, like, like 3.30-ish, 4 o'clock-ish, um, I was able to meet with our Philippine, our Word of Life Philippine pastors and uh, uh, just encourage them, bring the Word to them. And, and uh, you know, I just encourage you as you think about them, uh, just take a moment and pray for them. Praise God. And uh, uh, so that was a, a great time. And so we've got a lot of things going on. But uh, let me just mention that. Later this year, we, we have a couple of things that we are considering, or not considering, we're going to do it, but um, it's, uh, that, that we're working on getting set up, and that is we're going to go to, the, to Guatemala this year, we're going to go to uh, uh, Philippines this year. And so, uh, you know, start thinking about if, if you might like to go. And uh, I put some prayer and some thought into that, and uh, I will be setting those dates here real soon and uh, let you know what those are. But um, I'd like to take uh, some of you with me this year. Praise God. And so, anyway, um, today we're going to dig into... And, uh, you know, I promise you that I won't try to preach the whole book today. Um, that would be rather impossible. In fact, uh, over the next four weeks, we won't even get it all preached over the next four weeks. Um, but I encourage you, when they come in, which is supposed to be uh, in, a, in about two weeks, we'll have the rest of those. And if you, if you just can't wait for the book to come in, that's okay. Go ahead and order it on Amazon, and uh, maybe they'll get yours to you. Um, and uh, go ahead and begin to start reading that. And uh, but otherwise, we'll have some. We believe in a couple weeks, and and we'll get those out. But uh, I began to write. I started to write a little book. Most of you know that I have a little book that I call uh, "I Choose Jesus." And that is, it's not even in print version, but it uh, uh, was written to be a giveaway when someone accepts Jesus as their, as their Savior. That we would refer them to, um, 
to that book that they could download as an e-book uh, free of charge. And I started writing this book on the Holy Spirit to be the same thing. And uh, uh, it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, finally it got way, way bigger than what I wanted for, for that. And so we just decided to release it as a, uh, as a, as a full-size book. A uh, little over a hundred pages, and and uh, so with that said, uh, we're going to dig into this today. And as I begin to study and prepare and 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 write, um, Holy Spirit just began to open up my heart. And I, this this book was actually about three years in the making, and. Uh, um, mostly because I, I began to write and I, I would get uh, distracted and lay it down and, and come back to it. And, and then by the time I came back to it, I forgot what I wrote before. So I had to go read it all again, and, uh, which was actually good for me because I got to go back over all the material. But uh, I would read it again up to where I was, and then I'd write a few pages and then lay it down again and come back to it. And, and uh, a, a friend of mine told me, a pastor friend told me, uh, uh, he had written a book and, and uh, attempted to get it published. And he told me, he said, uh, uh, publishers are not interested in a book that is less than 100 pages. And uh, he had run into that with his. His was 90-something pages. And, and they said, no, if it's not 100 pages, we don't want to look at it. And uh, so I started with that in mind. I thought, okay, we've got to get 100 pages. Well, I'd got about 60 or 70 pages written. And I thought, I don't know anything else. You know, I, I told my wife, I said, <laughs> I've written everything I know. You know, and uh, so... We set it up for a little while, and then one day, I said, you know, I've got to get diligent in, in my writing. And uh, uh, so I purposed in my heart to do that, and it was amazing that when I did, that Holy Spirit just began to reveal more truth to me. Once I got serious about it, He began to reveal more truth, and it began to flow uh, more freely and so today we're going to dig into it it is about my friend the holy spirit and uh i want you to know him i want you to to trust him i want you to to love him i want you to become a partner with him and uh when you do praise god things are never going to be the same for you Amen. if you will become a partner enter into a partnership with Holy Spirit, then you will never, ever, ever be the same. And I believe that some of you that are sitting in this room that have never received the baptism with the Holy Spirit, with evidence of speaking with tongues, if you'll be here and you'll listen to what we share, praise God, I believe that by the end of this teaching, this four weeks, you'll be praying in tongues. I believe that you will be, uh, you know, God's going to confirm his word. He always does. He confirms his word with signs following. Praise God. So if, if you will open up your heart, you know, we're not going to fake anything. It's going to be real. 
<laughs> Praise God. And uh, it's going to be that God is confirming what he said in his word. Praise God. So let's, uh, let's open this up today. Let's just, let's just speak over this, just make a declaration of faith. Father, just say this after me. Say, Father, I thank you for your word. Your word is spirit and life to me. I believe that you sent the Holy Spirit to abide with me forever. And I believe that he has come to do exactly that. And I put my trust in the work of the Holy Spirit to change and transform my life. I believe that as I receive the word of the Lord on this very important subject and about this person of the Holy Spirit, that you will confirm your word in my life with signs following And I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, we're going to spend a lot of time today in this introductory uh, portion of this. We're going to be talking about Jesus a lot. Uh, And it's because I want you to see how that Holy Spirit and God the Word, who we know as Jesus, teamed up and partnered together because he wants to partner with you the same way that he partnered with Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. And so we say, well, a lot of of Christians, they think Holy Spirit is not in the Old Testament, but he is. Praise God. In fact, he is in the very beginning. In fact, Genesis chapter 1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Holy Spirit, or the Spirit of God, hovered over the face of the deep. So right there, we're just barely getting started in the Bible, and we already see him. And, and so let's begin to understand how he worked. Let's go to John chapter 1. And notice what it says here. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Now this verse is clearly speaking of Jesus. If we jump down to the 14th verse of that first chapter of John, we see that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That could be no other than Jesus himself, than God the Word himself. In fact, uh, you know, one of the things that I, I, I point out often, because it, it makes me, um, it, it kind of makes me sad to hear Christians talk about God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And the reason that, that, that I don't like to hear that is because when you say God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, you are, it, it implies that Jesus is not God. You're saying God, Jesus, as if they're not, as if Jesus is not God. And Holy Spirit, as if Holy Spirit is not God. But I want to emphasize to you today that God the Father is God. God, the Word, we saw here that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
that, that God the Word, who we know as Jesus, is also God. And we also need to understand that the Holy Spirit is God. Think of it this way. Jesus was called Emmanuel, which is interpreted God with us. Why would he be called God with us if he's not God? But then we see in Acts chapter 10, verse number 38, it says this. But here we go. We're back. And so we're talking about uh, Acts 10, 38. The Bible, let's back up just a little bit so we get the flow of this thing. Jesus is called Emmanuel, which is interpreted God with us. Why would he be called God with us if he's not God? Then we see Peter preaching at Cornelius' house in Acts chapter 10, he says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. So here we, we just saw that Jesus is called Emmanuel, God with us. Now we see Holy Spirit being with Jesus equaled God with him. So we see that the Holy Spirit is every bit as much God as God the Father. Jesus was every bit as much God as God the Father is. And so here in the beginning, we see that the Spirit of God is hovering over the face of the deep. And, uh, you know, Let's, let's look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. The, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, what was Holy Spirit doing? What did it say he was doing there? Hovering. I want us to remember that word because we're going to refer back to, to this uh, numerous times. But Holy Spirit is hovering over the face of the deep. He is just, you know, one translation of that is that it could be translated as fluttering. Like a, you know, I, I almost think of like a, like a hummingbird is, is just hovering there in the air. 
um, like a uh, like a helicopter just hovers. And Holy Spirit is hovering, but he's waiting on something to happen, waiting for something very specific to take place. What is he waiting on? He is waiting for a word. And Jesus is the word made flesh. Praise God. So in the beginning, we see God the Father, God the Word, God the Holy Spirit, all active in creation. Holy Spirit is hovering, then God speaks the Word out of His mouth, and Holy Spirit instantly goes into action to make sure that what was said comes to pass. Now, we just said a whole bookful right there. Because Holy Spirit does nothing until he has a word giving an instruction. And when God the Father has a purpose and has a plan, he always says it. Praise God. You know, we, we look at the Old Testament prophets and how that they spoke what they heard from the Lord, they spoke the word of the Lord, and when they spoke that word from the Lord, then what they were doing was they were sending God the word forth out of their mouth. So here's how God does things in the earth today. In fact, always, this is the way God has always done things, is that God, when he wants to do something, he says it, and then he finds a person, a human being, a man or woman, who will speak what he says. Praise God. This is why the words of our mouth are so vitally important. What comes out of our mouth is, is crucial because Holy Spirit is waiting for the Word, God the Word, his teammate, to join with him to do what he... Now, get this. For 4,000 years, from the, from the fall of Adam, all the way up until Jesus was born in Bethlehem, throughout that time, there was God speaking through the mouth of the prophets. He's, he is speaking and he's, he's finding prophets who will open their mouth, and say what he's saying. Now, why did he do that? Why does he speak through the mouth of a prophet? He does that because he needs a human voice, because as I've shared with you uh, the last couple of times that I, that I preached, uh, I, I talked about how that... Um, that God created man in his image and likeness and he told him to have dominion and he put words in his mouth. Put, uh, he, he created man with the... Man was the only one of his creation with the power of intelligent language. Think about that. You know, you might have a parrot that can talk but it can only mimic sounds that it has heard. 
It does not have intelligent language. There are some other, you know, the, uh, other animals that can make sounds that sounds like they're talking, but they're only mimicking sounds that they have heard. Um, but man is the only one of his creation that has the power of intelligent language. That is to have something on his mind and speak what's on his mind. And get this, if your mind is renewed to the Word of God, then you're going to be speaking the same thing God said. Now, if you're just speaking your mind, that gets you in a lot of trouble sometimes. But if you're speaking what God said, you see, that's what Jesus did. He only said what he heard from the Father. And that's what Holy Spirit does. He only speaks what he hears. And but for 4,000 years of time, God was speaking. And throughout that time, he's speaking about Jesus. Do you realize that every prophecy in the Word of God, every type and every shadow, it is all pointing to Jesus. Every book of the Bible is about Jesus. You say, well, I read all the Old Testament and I didn't see his name in there once. Well, you don't see his name in there, but you see him in there if you learn to look for him. He's there, praise God. And God, by the mouth of the prophets, is speaking. In fact, in the very beginning, right after Adam fell, God comes and he begins to have a communication with, with Adam and Eve and with the serpent. And he speaks to the serpent and he said, I'm going to send a seed of the woman and this seed will, you will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. He's talking about Jesus. And that's the way it goes all the way through the Old Testament. We see the, the children of Israel in the wilderness, how that uh, um, Moses lifted up a brazen serpent on a pole in the wilderness because the people were being bitten because of their rebellion. They were being bitten by serpents and they were dying. And God told uh, Moses, he said, you make a brazen serpent, you put it on a pole, you lift it up in the middle of the camp, and whoever will look at that brazen serpent will live and not die. Well, brass speaks of judgment, all right? And so they were being bitten by a serpent, and if they would look upon the, the, the fact that the there's this serpent which speaks of judgment. Jesus said, told us later on, that that was a type of him. He said, just as Moses lifted the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up from the earth. And if I be lifted up, I will draw all to me. Now, the, your Bible, uh, most translations say, I will draw all men to me. But the word men is not actually there. Some say peoples. The word peoples is not there. Uh, actually, that was added by Bible translators, and it is not an accurate word to be in that place. Because the context of what he's talking about is judgment. He says, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all judgment to myself. And see, so he put a brass serpent, which spoke of 
judgment on a pole. And he says this is a type of Christ who drew all the judgment to himself. And if you will look on the brazen serpent, you will live and not die. Praise God. And so uh, we see that through, the, through uh, all of the Old Testament. We see Moses uh, striking the rock. And water comes forth from the rock to sustain the people, that they would, they would live. Water comes forth from the rock. Well, the second time, the Lord told Moses, he said, this time you speak to the rock. Well, Moses struck the rock again. Well, Jesus could only be struck once. Jesus could only be crucified once. He was crucified once for all time, not twice, but yet many people today are wanting him to be crucified again. I mean, you know, if you ask them, they say, oh, no, I don't want that. But in reality, they're saying, Lord, you know, come and do this for me. He said, I already did it. I already did it. And so he's not coming to die on a cross again. He'll come again, but not to die on a cross again. He will come again, but not to pay the price for your sins again. Praise God. One time for all humanity, for all peoples, for all races, for all, all the inhabitants of the earth, Jesus came one time and one time was enough. Praise God. So you see how that throughout the Old Testament, God is speaking by the Holy Spirit about Jesus. Let's fast forward to the Gospel of Luke. In the Gospel of Luke, we find that a virgin by the name of Mary has a visitation from an angel. And the angel comes to Mary. The angel says, "Um, you're highly favored. And... And uh, you're going to conceive and bear a son. And Mary says, well, I've never been with a man. How can that even be? Now, notice what the angel said to Mary. He said, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. Doesn't that sound a little bit like hovering? Holy Spirit will overshadow you, and you will conceive, and you will bear a son who will be the son of the Most High, praise God, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins, and he, you know, and he began to say all these things, and then Mary says this, she says, be it unto me according to your word, Be it unto me according to your word. So the moment that Mary said that, that is the most powerful words ever uttered by a human being. Be it unto me according to your word. And and God used that principle to cause a virgin to conceive. Praise God. Now, he had been speaking for 4,000 years. It wasn't just the words that the angel said that day. It was all of the words that had been spoken concerning Jesus for 4,000 years. All of those words became flesh in the womb of Mary at that instant. Praise God. Mary conceived. Nine months later, she gave birth to a son. Praise God. Who went about 
doing good, healing, who went about doing miracles and signs and wonders, who went about preaching and teaching, praise God. And Holy Spirit teamed up with him. Holy Spirit has always worked that way. He has always waited for a word. Now, I remember in the, when, I, when I first came into charismatic circles, I was, I was raised in a Pentecostal denomination, but when I first came into charismatic circles, I began to hear about the power of the tongue and the words of your mouth and how important that was. And we begin to learn that and, and, and talk about confession. And, and uh, in fact, uh, you know, uh, word of faith, charismatic people were, um, you know, we were nicknamed the name it, claim it bunch, the, the blab it, grab it's the, you know. And uh, so we, we, were, we got all these nicknames because we talked about the power of the tongue. And it's important because we can't go around just speaking anything that we want to say and expect to live the blessed life. You, you can't just run your mouth saying anything and everything that you think, praise God. You've you got to get a control of this thing in your mouth, praise God. You've got to get that thing under your control, praise God, so that the things you're speaking are the things you want. When things, let me just say this, when things come your way and, and come about in your life that you really, well, how did this happen to me? Start thinking back. What have you been saying? A lot of times we've been creating it with our, with our lips. We've been creating it with our tongue. And so, um, you know, you need to put a guard on your lips. I love this passage that, that uh uh, was spoken about the prophet Samuel that it says from that day God began to establish Samuel as a prophet in the land and he let none of his words fall to the ground. What if God let none of your words fall to the ground? What, what would you have? What would happen if none of your words fell to the ground? I mean, that, that, that's, that's worth pause, you know. Uh, that's, that's worth pause for a moment. What if God let none of your words fall? Aren't you thankful he does? But wouldn't it be better? I, 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 I pray that, Lord, help me to come to the place. Help me to control my tongue so that you can let none of my words fall to the ground. But the moment that Mary said, be it unto me according to your word, that instant, Holy Spirit, uh, up until that time, he is overshadowing her. But the instant she said that, let, let it be to me according to your word, instantly she conceived every word that had been spoken about Jesus for 4,000 years, she conceived that word in her womb. The word became flesh nine months before he was born in Bethlehem. Then Jesus comes into the world and he begins to go around teaching, go, goes around preaching. 
And, and then he comes to a leper, and he says, go show yourself to the priest. Well, why did he say that? Because he was speaking what God had said. He's speaking, you know, the, the lepers are, are cleansed. The blind eyes are open. When John the Baptist sent uh, the, his disciples to Jesus and said, uh, you know, are you the one that's coming or do we look for another? Jesus didn't just answer. He, it says in that very hour, the blind eyes were open, the lame walked, the deaf heard. The lepers were cleansed that, that very hour. And then Jesus, an hour later, answered her question. He says, now go tell John what you saw. You see, the, the fact that all of the things that had been said about Jesus were being fulfilled was proof of who Jesus is. Praise God that he is, in fact, the coming one. He is, in fact, the one that all of the prophets have been speaking about. And writing about. Praise God. So Jesus comes into the world. And he goes around. Matthew chapter 8 says this. And this one, this is a good illustration of this. Because it comes right out of, of, of Isaiah chapter 53. It says, when evening had come. Matthew chapter 8 verse number 17. When evening had come. They brought to him the, the sick. And he healed them all. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying himself bore our sicknesses and carried our diseases. Well, that's what Isaiah 53 says. He says it was fulfilled what Isaiah 53 said. Every time Jesus healed people, it was, be, it was a fulfillment of what had been said. Praise God. Now, I'm saying all this today to to show you that this is the very same way that Holy Spirit works with you. Praise God. Mark chapter 16, Jesus says, the, uh, these signs will follow them that believe. In my name they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And then it goes on. We go just a couple verses later. The very last verse in, in uh, uh the Gospel of Mark, in fact, those of you who got books and I signed those books, I put in there Mark chapter 16, verse number 20, because it says that they went everywhere and preached the gospel. The Lord worked with them, confirming the word with accompanying signs. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so the same way that he worked with Jesus is the same way he works with you. If you will begin to take up the word of the Lord and begin to speak it, see, one day I was in a, in, a, in a prayer line laying hands on the sick and they're lined up across the front here and I'm going down. I remember I was standing right over just about where that camera is sitting right now. I was standing right about there and I started to lay hands on someone and the, the, the Spirit of God said to me, he said, tell them that when you lay hands on them that the healing anointing of God is going to go into their bodies and they're going to be healed. And my mind just about exploded because I thought, man, I can't say that because what if it doesn't? What if, what if it doesn't happen that way? And then the Lord said to me, he said, 
I'm a big boy. I can take care of myself. See, I'm trying to make him think I'm concerned about his reputation. I'm really not concerned about his reputation. Truth be told, I was concerned about mine. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm thinking, Lord, well, what if, I, what if I lay hands on them and they're not healed? I'm a big boy. I can take care of myself. Don't worry about me. You just do what I said. And from that day on, I began to minister to the sick different. And now, I tell people, I say, when I lay my hands on you, the healing anointing of God is going to go into your body, and you're going to be healed. Now, if they won't believe that, I'm sorry. But uh, if they'll believe it, they'll receive it. But... I don't have to cover up and, and try to help Holy Spirit out and try to, try to uh, worry about his reputation. He can take care of himself. Praise God. And so, you know, as I began to learn that, he needed somebody to say that. He needed me to say that. You know, if, if I'm saying we're going to pray and, and hopefully you'll be healed, they'd still be hoping. Praise God. If, if, if I won't step out in faith and say what he said, then what he said can't be done because he needs someone to say it. The Holy Spirit is waiting for someone to say. He is waiting for the word because he has partnered with the word. He has always partnered with the word. From the very beginning of time, that's how he has done everything. He has partnered with the word. And so when we're wanting Holy Spirit to do something, but we don't give him any word to work with, he can't do anything. He can't do anything because God the Father, God the Word, God the Holy Spirit have always partnered together to do everything. God spoke the words originally. Holy Spirit confirms the Word when it comes out of our mouth. Praise God. So we see God the Father, God the Word all at work. And if we want to bring in this last day in time Harvest, we're going to have to learn to work with Holy Spirit just like Jesus did. Praise God. You cannot do it a different way but get the same results. You've got to do it the same way He did it. Jesus said, It's good for you that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the comforter, the helper, the, the another one like me, he says, he will not come. But if I go away, he, what he meant is he will not come work with you. He says, it's good for you that I go away. If I go away, the Father will send him in my name, and he will work with you just like he worked with me. 
He said that uh, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these because I go to the Father. Now, I, I thought like some of you probably have, so how, what could be greater than Jesus walking on this earth? He's telling his disciples this. Remember, Jesus, Jesus was their meal ticket. You know, Jesus was the one when, when Peter's mother-in-law was, was sick with a fever, Jesus was the one who went and healed Peter's mother-in-law. You know, when, when uh, they needed to pay the temple tax, Jesus is the one who told Peter, go down, catch a fish, get the coin out of his mouth, go pay your taxes and mine. He provided. When they, they uh, needed to feed the multitudes, Jesus is the one that took the bread and blessed it and, and broke it and gave it to the disciples and they passed it out and fed the, fed the multitudes. Praise God. Jesus was the one that got up, woke up, spoke to the wind and the waves and the sea calmed. What could be better than Jesus being here? How in the world could it be better that he goes away? He says, if I don't go away, this one that is empowering me will not come upon you. It'll always be me. But you see, here's the thing. Jesus was in a flesh and blood body that could be one place at one time. And remember when Lazarus died? Jesus had gone away because they were trying to stone Jesus. And so he went away to Bethany beyond Jordan is what it says, is where he went to. And, you know, Jesus is gone. Lazarus is sick and about to die. So they sent messengers to find Jesus. In the meantime, before they got to Jesus, Lazarus died. And uh, why? Because Jesus could be one place at one time. But here's what he said. You know, this same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will quicken your mortal bodies. This same spirit will come upon you. This same spirit will empower you. And, and in the same way that he empowered me. So now, you know, I don't know how many we got in this room today, but we know that Holy Spirit can be however many people there are here today, however many people are hearing. He can be that many places at least at one time. He can be all over the world at one time. Praise God. Because he's no longer limited to one place at one time. Praise God. But now he is in you and he is wherever you go. You, he is here with you right at this moment, but he's going home with you. Praise God. He's going to work with you tomorrow. Praise God. He's going to school with you tomorrow. He's going wherever you go. Praise God. That's where he's going. And that's why the same signs and wonders can, the glory of the Lord can fill the earth because he now, this anointing of the Spirit, Jesus is called Jesus Christ, not because Christ is his middle name, but he's called Jesus Christ because Christ means the anointed one. And then the Apostle Paul said, now you are the body of Christ. 
When Jesus was here on this earth, he was Jesus Christ, Jesus the anointed one. But now you are the body of the anointing. Praise God. I like to say it this way instead of saying that you are the body of Christ. I like to say you are the embodiment of the anointing. Hallelujah. Because you become the temple of the Holy Spirit. You become the body that he dwells in and the, and the body that he rests upon to do the works that Jesus did and greater works. Praise God. Praise God. He needs you to go, but we're going to have to learn to, to, to do it like Jesus did it. This is why a couple of weeks ago, you didn't know I was doing a precursor to the, to the book. Uh, but a couple of, uh, a few weeks ago, when I talked to you about the fact that, uh, you know, that, that uh, uh, he wants you to do what he created Adam to do. He wants you to, his mind never changed about what he sent Adam to do. He created Adam, put him in the garden, and he told him to have dominion and authority and subdue the earth and rule over the earth. And that's what he still wants for you. But you can't do it if you're trying to do it your way. That's what Adam did. Adam announced his independence from God. We need to announce our dependence upon him. Not our independence from him. We think we can do it our way, and our way is, oh, Jesus, we need you to do this. Jesus said, I turn that over to you. Well, Holy Spirit, we need, he said, I'm working with you. I'm not going to do anything independent of you. Holy Spirit just doesn't do something independent of you in the same way that you can't do anything independent of him. But because you have authority in the earth, he can't just come in here and do what he wants to do independent of you. There is a partnership that is going on. You are to work with him. We are laborers together with God. Not for God, not independent of God, and not him independent of us. But we are laborers together with him. We provide the authority, the entrance into the earth. We provide that. And when we provide that for him and we say, Holy Spirit, I choose to cooperate with you what you want to do, then I'm giving you permission. Did everybody ever think about giving God permission? Like, does God need permission? Yeah, he does. Because God will never violate his word. He will never, ever, you know, I always say this, that if God had ever been going to violate his word, if he was ever going to overpower man's authority in the earth, the time he should have done it, was when Eve was about to eat of that fruit. When Adam was about to eat of that fruit, they had been told not to. I'm thinking a tummy ache would have been really good right about then. That's the way I would have done it. But that goes to show what I know. You know. Uh, 
Holy Spirit needs to find somebody who will say what he's saying. And then not turn around and cancel it out with the next thing they say. <laughs> Let's get that. Let's get that. Let me, I'm going to say that again because we got to get that. You, you know, you'd be speaking with a forked tongue, you know. He, he needs somebody who will say what he said and then not turn around and next breath say just the opposite. Not cancel out everything they just said. He needs you to speak his word. You know, but here's what a lot of preachers do. Okay, we're, we're going to lay hands on you and God's going to heal you. Or if he doesn't, you just canceled out what you just said. Just canceled it out. You know, I walked into a, to a hospital room. So lady in the hospital that had overdosed. And, uh, you know, her organs were starting to, to fail and because of, of what she had put in her body. And uh, so I walked into the room. She knew who I was, you know, and I walk in and her family's all in there. And, uh, and, and she starts just wailing and, I don't want to die, I don't want to die. And I looked at her and I said, you're not going to die. And then I thought, that's the dumbest thing I ever said. Because she's probably going to die. It really looked like she was going to die. But I didn't say that. The thought came, she's probably going to die. And so I, I stood there and I visited with her. And all the time I'm thinking, the whole family here heard what I just said. And I walk out of the room that day, and I'm thinking, oh, man, I hope she doesn't die. <laughs> two days later, I think it was two days, something like that. It was just a, just a short period of time later, she went home from the hospital, and to my knowledge, she's still living today. I haven't seen her in many years, but, but to my knowledge, she's still alive today. And... Uh, I needed to be sure I didn't cancel out what I just said. You're not going to die. You know, I didn't even, sometimes if we think about it too much, we won't say what the Holy Spirit gave us to say. I was glad that that day I just said it and didn't think about it. Thought about it afterwards, but, but not before. And... You know, when we're led by the Spirit, His words will come up rising up out of our innermost being and will be like a river that just gushes forth out of our innermost being and we will make a declaration. Then we got to be sure that we don't go back and cancel that out. Praise God. Praise God. And, uh, you know, I guarantee you it was not because of my great faith because I didn't have much that day. In, in what I said. Hallelujah. I'm thankful that it was just Holy Spirit speaking what Holy Spirit wanted to say. Now, 
this happens when I go off the cuff. But uh, I want us to look again at Mark chapter 16. See, the Holy Spirit is waiting for us to take the words that have been spoken concerning you, just as Mary did when she said, let it be unto me according to your word. Um, Mark 16, 20, they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. He confirmed what? The word. The word. He confirmed the word. Who is the word? He confirmed Jesus with accompanying signs. In one place, the disciples had done some miraculous works. And it says that that they noted that they had been with Jesus. Why was that? Because they were speaking what Jesus spoke. They're talking like Jesus talked. You know. Why, why, let me just say this. Uh, this is a little, here we go off the cuff again. But uh, let me just say this. You, you remember when Jesus is being taken to the um, mock trial before he's crucified. And Jesus had told Peter, Peter said, I, I will never deny you, Lord. I will, you know. Jesus said, before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. And happened just like Jesus said it would. But that day when a little servant girl came and she said to Peter, you were with him. What did he do? He began to curse. Now, why did he start doing that? Because... He wanted, how, how could he better prove that he was not with Jesus? That's what he was trying to, the point he was trying to make. Well, I wasn't with him. And blankety, blankety, blank, you know. Because talking like that would imply he hadn't been with Jesus. That's what he was trying to, the, the point he was trying to make. Well, I hadn't been with Jesus. I'm going to prove it here. I'm going to prove it by what I say. Well, let's, let's flip that thing over. I have been with Jesus. How can I prove it? By saying what he said. By talking like he talked. That's how I can prove I've been with Jesus. Praise God. We need to get that and we need to learn to watch the words of our mouth because Holy Spirit will, will do when you speak what God said. When you speak the word of God, Holy Spirit will back up what you say. Praise God. But too many times, we're just saying the first thing comes to our mind. Whatever comes to our mind, our words are being controlled by our emotions instead of by the Spirit of God on the inside of us. Hallelujah. But Holy Spirit will work with you Praise God. He will, you know, I believe 
that the day will come when I will get good enough control over this that it can be said what was said of Samuel. The Lord established him as a prophet in the land and let none of his words fall to the ground. Praise God. Some, sometimes he confirms the words I say, like in the hospital room that day. He, he confirms the words that I say, even though, you know, that, that's called the grace of God. That's called the grace of God that works with you and makes up for your weakness and your inability. Praise God. But, uh, you know, Acts chapter 10, verse 38. <coughs> God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Thank you, sir. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed to the devil, for God was with him. And I'm here to tell you today, he is with you. Praise God. And maybe you've never received the baptism with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give this invitation every, every week. And so, if you're ready to receive today, see, it's, it's a matter of what you, can, what you can believe, what you can receive. Because he's ready to fill you right now. Right now. Now, let's help some out this morning that maybe they have never even made the first step. Maybe they've never received Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. I want to pray this right now. Then we're going to lead in with a song. I know I'm, I'm throwing them off because... They had a plan, and I'm messing it up. But uh, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Then after we do part of this song, I'm going to come back up, and we're going to give an invitation for those that, that have never received the baptism with the Holy Spirit. <coughs> Praise God. You can receive today. You say, well, I, I, I don't know that I'm quite ready for that. Well, plan on it for next week then. Praise God. And you don't have to wait till next week. You know, if middle of the week, you're ready to receive, receive. Praise God. Praise God. But if you've never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, Jesus came to this earth. He went to a cross, paid the penalty for all of your sins, and he rose again from the dead so that you could have new life. And he says, if you will verbally acknowledge that, that's what Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 mean. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So let's just all say this together. And if you pray this and you, you, you say this and, and, and uh, 
uh, for the very first time, and you mean it, when we say amen at the end of this, you will be saved. Praise God. So let's, let's all say this together. Say, God in heaven, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, that he paid the penalty for my sin. 